0: Forces. Rather than pulling together, it's going to separate. I, I see these tremendous centrifugal forces, and this is how you separate the heavy material <coughs> from the light one, you know. The same here. You take uh, the difference between Greece and Germany or other countries, and you will see It was just papering over the differences when they said we create euro land and euro as a currency. And and the strength of the chain is determined by its strongest link, which is a completely foolish idea. It's just the opposite.
1: Yes? Uh, Sandy. Mm. I don't know if you guys read that handout. Is there a Swiss gold franc in the cards? I hope that. Mm. And right now the Swiss Parliament in the fall session is considering adopting a Swiss gold coin, a, a gold currency. And it's the biggest uh, Swiss party. Mm. Now and of course because of the tremendous pressure on the on the Swiss franc paper franc, because the Euro money is going to the Swiss franc because it's a Swiss franc, it's closer to the gold. Mm. And either the, the Swiss uh, the National Bank intervenes again and tries to sell more, and that, that's a losing game because the euro and the dollar can be printed much faster, mm. or they adapt this, and in a nanosecond the Swiss paper franc will go will, will back down and the gold will start to rise. And it may take the Swiss to do it, and then the European union will be obliged to do something as well so it may not implode internally maybe the swiss will pull the trigger mm-hmm. that's uh what was the name of that politician Thomas, yeah he's not a politician Thomas, yeah. the leader yeah. of the, uh, the party yeah. oh, anyway it's yeah. in that article
2: yeah.
0: so that's another possibility No,
2: mm-hmm.
0: well, i said i have sword uh gold is paper, but uh, what? Sir,
1: oh, yep. Uh, you you made the assumption that the euro and or the dollar are still there within the next three years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> personally, I think none of them will be there in three years. Yeah. Uh, but why do you think that the
3: dollar will be there in three years? Um.
1: I mean. When the the Euro collapses, when an economic block like the European 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 Union collapses, well, I don't think it will be.
3: I don't think it will be there. You know, maybe in twenty or thirty years' time, but three years would be uh, a bit too short. I mean, the the history of the dollar is is quite entrenched in the psyche of the whole world. The dollar is used in transactions that have nothing to do with the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And it will be used. If you go to any of these sort of villages in the Far East or whatever, they will accept United States dollars.
1: Yeah, as, they won't accept I mean, Euros. But when the Euro collapses, yeah. and the European Union as a whole collapses...
3: When I say collapse, I don't mean collapse as in it's going to disappear off the face <laughs> of the earth. What I mean is, it's going to lose its purchasing power very quickly against the dollar.
1: Okay, you just expect a a sharp drop, but not an extinction. No,
3: no, 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 no. Okay. Yeah.
1: I think when it it comes to extinction of of the euro, then the dollar is going to... And the only reason I think that... paper money will be lost immediately.
3: I'll just clarify the reason I think that is because if you look at the maturity profile of all European debt versus when European parliaments would ratify euro bond, in the interim they'll have to monetize everything until you can sell euro bonds. And so when you monetize the amount of debt that's maturing up until they could possibly ratify euro bonds, you come to the many trillions of euros. And if you look at the narrow base of the, uh, the euro money supply, it's only four and a half, five trillion euros, something like that. So that's what I'm thinking, is that if you, that interim, before they can ratify anything like a euro bond, will be very painful, sort of in terms of euro's purchasing power.
2: Actually, yeah. <coughs> I think the, well, we've got two different setups, whereas uh, the European Union currently, while well, trying guarantees, and they're uh, setting up a special fund in, in, in Luxembourg. Uh, which is being funded only partially and then which refinances again somewhere at the markets or maybe the ECB buys it, I don't know versus the concept from the Americans that they monetize in the sense of quantitative, quantitative easing but, but as you know I'm, I'm very um, bearish for the dollar over the next year but I'm very bullish for it over the next three years so we might see a jump in the euro to 180 and then down, and I'm sticking to that. Yeah, that's yeah. too smart for me. So, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying that in the short run. Yeah. Um, don't you think that the uh, what the Europeans are currently doing they're trying to only guarantee it and by buying it through a fund versus the monetization of the Americans?
3: How can they buy it? The fund only has 400 euros in it or something. I mean, and they said they're not going to increase it. There no, is got
2: 40. Billion and the capacity to lend.
3: 40 billion, that's nothing.
2: No, it's the capacity, 000, the capacity, uh, to lend. capacity is what? The capacity to, to lend. How much? 750 billion. No. Yeah, so that covers what?
3: A tenth of this <laughs> it, is <laughs> it? It doesn't cover enough.
2: No, no, but it's, it's just a redistribution. Not in the sense of we take money and we buy bonds.
3: No, but in the interim, you've got bonds that are expiring.
2: But totally what are you going fine. to do?
3: How are you going to pay those?
2: The, the fund in Luxembourg is already buying. Yeah. It's already buying bonds. But it's restricted. And its its right? capital is
3: restricted.
2: To, to, well, it's got 40 billion. In, 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 it was capitalized with 40 billion, I, I, I think, as far as I know. But it's got the capacity um, to um, borrow 700, up to 750 billion on top. So, oh, they can, oh, basically? Who, lend? Yeah. That's the question.
3: who will lend that?
2: Well, I don't know who does that currently. So, I said, as I said before, it might be the ECB buying the bonds from well, the Luxembourg Fund. But currently, it's just rather the guarantees and the capacity of the funds to borrow from the markets, not newly printed euros.
0: Well,
3: if they try and borrow from the market, they'll be paying a hefty price. I mean, the market's not way. stupid. It's
2: because they were capitalized. That's the funny thing about it. It's mm. a strange setup. So okay. We talked specified Germany month. and France, and for that reason, they have the capacity about four hundred uh, four hundred, four hundred billion, um, with triple A guarantee. So they have a very low yield um, on the market, on the market, buying those bonds. So what they're currently trying to achieve is not
3: Germany, France, Germany and a quill
2: average interest rates throughout Europe. So if you would just uh, put Germany in Eurobonds and Greece in Eurobonds and the average is just uh, the German share of it uh, with the current uh, German uh, interest payments and Greece with the share of it. Well, not the average, but that actually the interest that that is to be paid upon the uh, collectivized debt is lower than the one the individuals would pay. And the market is currently buying that. I uh, really wanted to say something.
1: Well, it seems to me whether you come in this door or that door, it's the German and perhaps the French guarantee, and you call it a euro bond, or you call it a line of credit backed by German cash and, and wealth, it's, it comes to the same thing,
2: yeah, isn't it? Yeah. In the end, it comes to the same in thing, the end, yes. currently the markets are buying it. That's the thing about it, mm. because currently the average interest rate is not what is Germany is paying, uh, compared to that, we well, paying and all that from together, but it's actually lower mm. if it's collectivized. It's the funny thing yeah. about it currently. Yeah, but to,
3: to, to, to capitalize upon that situation remaining in perpetuity would be a bit ignorant, because that's like saying mortgage-backed securities seem to have all of this value, you know, until they don't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why I was saying, because I'm bullish, for the euro over the next year because the Fed is gonna continue on okay. monetizing. I don't know. I don't know. I I for actually asking for your
4: yeah. I just want to interject one thing. Watch the credit default swaps. Yes. France's credit default swaps are now where Italy's were a month ago. Mm. Yeah. That was very sobering because if France goes from the asset side of this equation to the liability side it's a whole new ball game. Meanwhile, as far as all these guarantees for Greek debt, <coughs> Finland is saying, um, we'd like collateral. And mm-hmm. Greece, Greece doesn't have enough collateral to guarantee. That's why they're insolvent, because their assets are less than their liabilities. So I, I personally think something very violent and very sudden and very catastrophic is going to happen. It's not going to be a continuation of any, any past trend. We can say, well, the dollar has been weakening. The euro has been strengthening. What happens, and this is actually my question, maybe if some deep professor knows the answer to this. What happens to, let's say you deposit a thousand euro in a bank in Denmark, and then Greece were to suddenly default on its euro obligations, declare a new drachma, and all Greek debt is now the drachma, which of course begins to hyperinflate immediately, right? What happens to your bank account deposit in uh, Saxo Bank in Denmark? Does that all of a sudden you wake up and now you have two accounts and and 25 (laughs) 25 drachma and 975 euro? I mean, what? That's stupid enough for them to do it, I don't know. Or or is the bank, you know, I mean, this is obviously the, the problem that Louis was talking yesterday, that you don't have a sovereign bond matching a sovereign currency. You have a sovereign currency and all these different bonds. What happens when one of those bonds officially defaults and is wiped out? What happens to all the banking deposits? Does anybody know the answer? I mean, is this one of those things that's unknowable until it finally happens? Well, I think, um, th- well that's why I
0: seem to be more bullish on the euro than anyone here, because the euro today will not be the euro tomorrow. The euro will, be, uh, will not be made up in the same countries. As I do expect. Greece or whoever to uh, go back outside the euro, Um, therefore what will be of the eurozone will be stronger.
1: Worth more
0: in US dollars today than last year or two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Okay, it's back on. Since it came out.
2: Two days, one, we got if Greece wants to be in Europe, then they will definitely try to not do that, because all, all the of the bonds that are denominated in Europe, so if they're in the government, it's going to have a change. Within yeah, Europe, of course, course there's it the a
0: very difficult to know what is going to happen because mm-hmm. more and more now is determined by central authorities, whether it's the sovereign state or the central bank, and that determines everything yeah. at this point because it buys time, right? Okay, now I've tried several times to use my sword. <laughs> <laughs> it's a paper no, I have sword. Come to it. I say you should see this centrifugal thing that these countries pull apart rather than pull together. There is a lot of wisdom in what Benjamin Franklin said before the uh, war of independence against Britain. He said that, let's hang together because otherwise we'll hang separately. (laughs) So this is something like that. I think the Euro is going to collapse because These countries will get fed up like Greece, Italy and so on and say we'll go our own way and we manipulate the value of our own currency, we manipulate our own interest rates and we thank you very much, we had enough of the euro and European cooperation. I think it would be worth to make the effort to save the euro. Even though the Euro was born in sin, original sin, which was that the Europeans, at that time, 12 years ago, should have seen the danger signs all around and they should have, you know, they put a little bit of gold in, in the, uh, in the uh, European Central Bank. For window dressing. You know, this so stupid. Uh, rather than make a clear break and say that we have 30 years of evidence that this system is not working and uh, go on to devise. Anyhow, here's the sword, and I cut the Gordian knot and I say that save the euro by re-establishing the Latin Monetary Union. So this, uh, this is all written here, but uh, as much time as I have left, I would like to talk about a little bit on the history. Uh, the, in uh, the year 1865, four countries, Belgium, France, Switzerland uh, got together, Italy, yeah, Italy, and they, uh, at that time, gold coins were and silver coins were in circulation, and they uh, standardized the size and the weight and the fineness of their coins, but the individual. Uh, Minting. What's the word for the two sides of a coin? Die. Adverse and reverse. Ad, adverse and obverse. It yeah. uh, could be individual, the name of the country, even the name of the coin could be different. I mean, Bank Belgium and France uh, had the uh, franc and uh, Italy had the lira. <coughs> and later Greek, Greece joined and they called it the Drachma but it was the same and what they did was they agreed that their coins were interchangeable just as freely as uh, uh, if a country has paper money but coins as well then they are exchangeable no charge, no uh, bargaining So this is what they decided, and it was a a success because uh, at one point they had 20 members. The only one non-European country which joined was Venezuela in South America. So this was a success, and uh, its only weakness was that they fixed the price of gold in terms of silver. So in other words, they had gold coins and silver coins, and the smallest, uh, well, say the standard silver coin was the one franc. It was a silver coin comparable in size to the American quarter and uh, the uh, standard gold coin was the twenty-franc piece so in other words they fixed the ratio between the value of gold and the value of silver pretending that the market ratio is stable but the market ratio wasn't stable and that uh, undermined the, uh, the system and ultimately it was the reason for his downfall but that uh, could have been avoided if they had the foresight and they could have said actually it's a bimetallic system but with a variable bimetallic ratio so I'm suggesting to resurrect the gold 20 fr- franc piece and the silver one franc piece, but we cannot call it one franc anymore because uh, the, we cannot fix the exchange rate between gold and silver. So, uh, what I am suggesting is because there was one f- uh, franc, two francs, and five francs, the five francs is the biggest silver coin. So all we have to do is rename, and I suggest that they rename the five-franc piece, just call it a taller, to give uh, the Germans a little incentive to join, because they never joined the Latin, America, Latin Monetary Union, and if with the silver coin will be the German word taler, which comes from Joachim style, but there are many other talers, too. In this case, we will pick the old five-franc piece of the Latin Monetary Union and call it one taler. And the exchange rate will vary between the 20 fr- between the one-franc or five-franc and the taler will not be a rigidly fixed rate then you have a much stronger system which is not subject to this pulling and pushing uh, because of the change of the relative value of gold and silver so this is my suggestion And, uh, just to finish the history of this, uh, it worked very, very well. The first weakness showed up in 1871, and the historical background was the uh, Franco-Prussian War, which broke out in, uh, I think, 1870, with a sweeping victory of The Germans, which was Prussia at the time, because Germany as such didn't exist at that time. But the Prussian victory rallied the uh, other German states, principalities small and some large, like Bavaria was one of the largest, and uh, they didn't need a lot of persuasion to join in an empire uh, under Wilhelm. Uh, was the Kaiser? Uh, was Bismarck. the Prussian King? Who? Bismarck, oh. Bismarck, no. Okay, Bismarck. well, Bismarck was the uh, politician, but uh, it became uh, an empire. The German Empire was declared in Versailles Palace of Versailles, because of course the Germans were victorious, occupied Paris, uh, including Versailles. And dictated the peace terms because the uh, French were devastated. They had to chase away their Napoleon Third and so on and so forth. But, uh, the, oh yeah, a large, absolutely incredible sum in gold was charged as indemnity. The French had to pay, I think, one thousand million gold francs. I mean this was something like 60 times the value of the Alaska purchase and some 30 times the value of the Louisiana purchase. You know it's probably by far the greatest amount of single payment which was done not by paper or credit, but the French paid ahead of schedule within a year or two. They just raised the money and paid. They didn't want to have this shame that they, you know, which reminded them of the military loss. Anyhow, uh, but that shook the foundations of the Latin Monetary Union because the Germans adopted the gold well they adopted the gold standard earlier but with this so much extra gold coming they demonetized silver which meant that they were melting coins and selling the silver on the world market you know and that started weakening the Silver price. And once this bi metallic ratio was broken, silver started falling further. And then, just two years later, the United States demonetized silver. Another blow. So, two big blows the German demonetization of silver and the US demonetization. Two years apart. It's too much. And the, the, the ratio, the gold silver ratio, which w- was uh, 15 in the United States, 15 and a half in the Latin Monetary Union, started uh, going up. Going uh, up? Yeah, mm. going up. Meaning that the price of silver was falling, the price of gold was rising. So, uh, it fluctuated, but uh, was uh, uh, increasing, uh, on the, t- the highest was, what was it? 100, 100. 100. Uh, but uh, then it fell back to in 1919, the end of World War I, silver recovered. And the ratio was something like 16 again, but it didn't last, and uh, at the depth of the depression uh, of the 1930s, it was uh, uh, 100, which meant the price of silver, which uh, the, uh, by buy uh, it, the fixed price, it was in dollar terms, it was $1.29 for an ounce of silver. And that dropped to something like 25 cents. One-fifth. Which was a tremendous loss of value. And not just value, but liquid value I mean this was money and it's not just like okay some stock drops in price in the same rate but it's it was the most liquid thing you know silver money on a par with the gold money so this is a tremendous loss of wealth and uh, then uh, it meant that the uh, Latin, uh, American, uh, Latin Monetary Union had to close its mint, it had several because each country, member country had a mint, but all these mints had to be closed to silver, well, that's just an expression. To say that the right of people to take silver to the mint and convert it into co- silver coins at a fixed uh, rate, no charge, no senior charge involved, and unlimited amount of silver. So if they kept, uh, if they had kept the mint open, it would have been over a while inundated with silver because people from all over the world would just bring their silver and demanding coins, but they couldn't handle that. This just broke the bimetallic system and uh, that saved the Latin Monetary Union for another you quite a few years actually because it started in in 1871 and in 1933 the United States demonetized gold. Britain did the same two years earlier and then the Latin Monetary Union wanted to carry on bravely against these devaluations and they could carry on for another three years And in 1936.